Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I am so excited to be back with you again. Uh, this is episode 17 of the podcast, and it's, I guess, re um, relaunch state, and it's exciting to have this forum to share more of the good life with you um, from you know, my perspective as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as, um, you know, a woman in this society, as a woman of color in this society, and just really, you know, um, emphasize a biblical, a biblical lens around the things that I value and that God puts on my heart to share with you, um, to uplift you, to encourage you, to inform you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to challenge you, um, maybe sometimes to reprimand slightly, but ultimately all with um, a spirit of love and a spirit of, of helping you really possess and lay hold of the good life that Jesus came to give us and made available to us, according to John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Bible. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are tuning in for the very first time, then I'm so happy to have you here. And I pray that you will, um, you know, dive into the previous recordings, um, take advantage of those, listen, download, share, uh, comment, post, do the most, as I like to say, jokingly, but seriously. And also, if you are, um, you know, kind of a, a long timer here with me, thank you. I value you, I appreciate you, and I'm so glad that you are with me on this journey and that you continue to tune in. And I also ask you to be liberal in sharing the podcast and sharing what you're learning from the podcast. Tag me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook with any notable takeaways, anything that the podcast has really done to encourage you in your walk and your journey with the Lord and in your life, um, generally speaking. So with that... um, you know, kind of welcome and intro in place. I'd like to jump into today's uh, topic. And I recently, if you do follow me on social media, you may have seen where I believe it was on Sunday. Now it is Tuesday night. But um, this past Sunday, I actually shared a message on my Instagram and uh, Facebook and I think Twitter feeds, uh, just really, you know, encouraging us all, myself included, to be more mindful of slowing down, slowing our pace, and pausing, actually pausing. And what that allows us to do, ultimately, I believe, is to refuel and to, you know, recharge and to actually enjoy our lives. You know, I I likened it to, you have to use graphics when you're on Instagram, and I think I launched the post on Instagram. So I used a graphic, a couple of graphics of me, um, you know, in this really cute, like, flower motif type setup where I had been to an event earlier this summer. And, um, you know, as girls do, we love to take pictures. And so, We saw these gorgeous flowers, we saw this flower wall, we saw this adorable bike, and it was like, ah, photo op, IG, IG worthy, Insta worthy photo. And so, you know, we started snapping away, and I got some cute shots on that, and then I actually did kind of a a boomerang, if you know um, about social media and all these little apps. There's a boomerang app that 
gives you kind of like staccato movement. So you're kind of repeating the same movement in, in kind of an exaggerated but cute form. Uh, ideally cute. That's what we aim for. And I had one of me, you know, initially just kind of posing and laughing. And then I had one of me kind of mimicking smelling the flowers. And, and you know, we've heard the adage throughout our lives, I'm sure, of, you know, taking time to stop and smell the roses or stop and smell the flowers. And that was kind of my way of, of, of showing um pictorially, but actually with, with the actual message that I shared about, you know, those moments matter and that the contrary of that, which is where society is currently and has been for, you know, as long as I can recall, especially Western society, especially American society is the constant on the go, you know, gotta hurry up, you know, I'm busy, I'm in a rush, nonstop pace of life, you know, as Americans, it's facts that we uh, work more than any other society. We are workaholics, you know, uh, people glorify being workaholics. They glorify the, the 80 hour, 70 hour work weeks and being away from their families and doing all these things in the name of what? In the name of an extra few dollars or extra few attaboys, girls. It just doesn't add up. And, and that's not how, that's not how God intended for us to live our lives. It's not how he intended for us to actually possess the good life that he came to give us because he gives us some pretty, um, direct indirect or excuse me contrary advice to that in the word and I'll probably touch on it lightly here and get to that more in another um in another episode but in any case that's where this whole you know um <clears throat> thought around just being intentional with how we live and embracing intentional living started to really kind of bubble up in my heart and in my thoughts and I had been already praying and just kind of being still about what I wanted to share next on the podcast because I Endeavor to take a prayerful approach when I um, share my podcast. That's why sometimes they might be a bit more spaced out. And that's not always the reason. Sometimes it's because I am, quote unquote, busy and I have other things that I'm doing um, with my ministry and with my outreach and with sharing and lifting people up. But the podcast is one of those platforms that I do want to maintain. And I had been, you know, thinking about, okay, I'm really ready to, you know, publish another episode and what is that going to be? And this just kind of downloaded into my heart on Sunday as I was actually taking time to pause. And so, um, I don't know if I've already said it, but what I'm talking about today, the actual topic, as you saw in the title is finding the pause button. You know, I don't know if, um, you know, you were, alive when there were cassette tapes or, you know, even if you can't relate back to, to then, um, back then, you know, we would, we would put our little cassette tapes in the, the tape recorder and we would turn on our radio stations and then we would try to record, you know, our favorite songs as they played on the radio. If you didn't have the CD or back then it would have been maybe the, um, what it was it a 78 or a 45? Yes, I'm dating myself. And then inevitably it was the cassette tape. So, uh, you would do that and you would try to record all your songs. So you have your playlist, what we now refer to as a playlist back then they were called mixtapes. Um, you had that and you could listen to all your favorite songs and, you know, you might want to pause it if a song came on on the radio that you didn't want to record, or if the, you know, DJ started talking or whatever the case may be, you were looking for the pause button. Now, if you can't relate to that, then surely you can relate to this 21st century. You've got your TV on, you know, you're multitasking in the background, you're half listening, you're half watching the television, something flashes on the screen that, and you're like, whoa, wait, what was that? What was that? 
and you hit the pause button and then you probably, if you're like me, hit the rewind button so you can actually rewind it and listen again. And even that, you know, um, having to rewind because I wasn't focused the first time around, it's kind of like wasting time in a sense. If it's just simply because I'm rewinding, simply because I just wasn't paying attention because, you know, if I'm there to do that and then I'm not really giving it my all and all of my attention, then I'm really short, you know, shortchanging myself. So this episode is all about thinking about being conscious of finding that pause button, whether, you know, it's in your daily routine, whether it's, you know, carving out time, you know, perhaps you're already doing that. Perhaps you're already in a place of embracing the pause. And that's really the subtitle of this. It's embracing the pause. Maybe you're already somewhere along that spectrum of embracing the pause in your life, whether that's making sure that you're taking time, you know, to have a vacation. It doesn't mean you have to be going somewhere. It could be a staycation, but you're actually taking time away from, you know, what you call work and what you know as work and the rigor and the, and the duty and the discipline. And yes, the sheer, um, you know, sometimes just bandwidth of all that we have to juggle with with our personal lives and our professional lives um, on a lot of different fronts. And so maybe you're already somewhere along that path of, you know, acknowledging that, you know, I need to slow down. I need to embrace the pause at different points in my life, in different at different points in my day, in my week, in my month, in my year. Um, you know, some people unfortunately go long stretches without pausing. You know, when, when, and when I say pause, I'm not just talking about, oh, I jumped in the bed for six hours last night. No, that is not what I'm referring to. And that's why I want to kind of give some, you know, ideas around what that could look like in our lives. And all of us are different. All of us come from different places. All of us have different responsibilities and different, yes, demands on our time and on our lives. So it may look different for each of us. And that's okay. That The point is not to necessarily give you an A to Z prescription on what it has to look like. It's just to encourage you to make sure that it is a part of your daily existence, your life as a whole, because you want to be balanced. When you're, when you're thinking about living intentionally, balance should come up in your mind. And I know, especially kind of on the career front, you know, people almost now laugh at the fact that, you know, there really is no such thing as a work-life balance. And, and, you know, maybe everything won't be always balanced 50-50 or, you know, equally across the, across the scale. But I do think that there should be a consciousness that that is the healthy way, that is the right way, and as close as we can get um, without, you know, substantially compromising our our excellence and you know what we're there to do, we should be thinking about that. It, it, it's a societal responsibility, but before we can hope for society to get it right, we make up society. We are society, and we personally can own it. Maybe we can't own it on behalf of our, our company that we work for or our business. If we own our own business, maybe we can't own it on behalf of, you know, our colleagues or our church family or whomever, but we can own it for ourselves. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to start finding that pause button. We want to embrace the pause. We want to acknowledge that it is good because the fact that being busy all the time, being on the go all the time in this rushed, harried pace is the way to be. That's overrated and really it's a fallacy. It's not the way to be. And, and I remember 
actually believing. I actually, I don't, I don't know that it was a conscious belief in the sense that I, I was co-signing that is the way to live, but it appealed to me when I was, I've always been very self-motivated. I've always been, you know, ambitious. And, and many of you can probably relate to this. I think when you have that kind of, you know, go-getter, self-starter, um, you know, I see it, I want it, I'm going after it. Yeah, I want that, I want that. And I remember I used to read about women in particular um, who had these amazing careers and how they, you know, they work these these maze, these crazy hours and then they come home and be all things to their family. And, and it was like they were a superwoman, so to speak. And in my mind's eye, and I'm talking about when I was in college, you know, I was actually, you know, fantasizing that that was going to be me. That was my pace. And actually that was what I saw with my, you know, my, my mom and, and the women in my family, um, as well as the men, but just thinking it from a woman's perspective for a moment, you know, my mom, she worked, she, um, has a work ethic, an unparalleled work ethic. And I always, you know, saw her doing whatever it took to make sure that, you know, her family was, was well, and that we were, you know, really taken care of. Um, and she also was very, very hands-on as a mother and as a parent. So I know that, you know, that is only sustainable for so long. And that's not what God has called us to. You know, there's the glorification, I feel, of this whole hustle mentality, hustle harder, hustle, hustle, hustle. And am I endorsing being slack? Am I endorsing going and, you know, going on permanent vacay and, and praying and hoping somehow your bills get paid and, and all the things you have to take care of are done? No, that's that's crazy. Um, we're talking about real life reality. And I'm not saying that it doesn't require effort and significant effort even. But what I am saying is that when you are in Christ, you have by inheritance an anointing of ease and anointing that means that God will take you farther without all the extra struggle and hustle and, and all that, that, you know, the world has to go through and it's real. I'm not just blowing smoke because actually what the anointing of God does is it gives you um, supernatural favor, supernatural ability to go farther, faster, um, if that's what it takes. It gives you supernatural wisdom. It gives you supernatural um, might, which is strength and ability to do anything. So the benefits that we should actually be emphasizing are those benefits, not what we consider to be a hustle mentality. And I'm, I'm really almost of the anti-hustle camp in that sense. Again, not dismissing work, not dismissing a strong work ethic, because that absolutely should be a part of our testimony. And the Bible advocates that it advocates diligence it advocates and it not only advocates it teaches and it instructs us to be diligent in whatever we lay our hands to it instructs us to work as unto the lord it instructs us to be excellent so that is never going to be an alternative but it's how we approach it and then how we incorporate what god has said to us in our lives because the bible says this about balance if you feel like balance is something to laugh at, God doesn't. Because he says this, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. So when we walk around and our scales are off kilter and they're off balance, we're not, we're not giving God glory. He's not pleased with that. And so that's why he's calling us right now in what may be the busiest of times, 
the more, the most harried of times, the more got to keep up with the Joneses of times, the more, oh, I'm on the go. I'm this, that I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. Yeah, great. And again, that was what I was. I mean, when I tell you, I could taste it. When I got to college, I was going to be, you know, and I, in large part, I did. I, I was a, a leader in a lot of different organizations on campus, presidents, vice presidents. I was knocking it out of the park academically. Uh, I was just very goal oriented and ambitious. I always had been And college was the first time where I could just let loose and just give it my all because that was really my full time job. <laughs> I was fortunate in that regard. And that was just a part of how I was made up. And so now fast forwarding further and further into my adulthood and adult years, I'm now beginning to see as the Bible even talks about with the virtuous woman, um, you know, that she expands her duties and this goes for men as well. Um, but Proverbs 31 teaches us that the virtuous, excellent woman or man, if you want, um, they don't just randomly go around just adding more onto their plate and saying yes to this and yes to that without considering what they already have and what they're already supposed to be doing. So if you've already got a full plate and yet you're constantly saying yes to this and yes to that, then that's your fault that you can't find the pause button. We, we have to look at what we're doing and we have to be wise. And, and that alone has helped me over the years to really start to be a lot more scrutinous, a lot more um, intentional, again, intentional living about what I say yes to. There are a gazillion things that I would love to say yes to. Sometimes I feel like I've already said yes to too many things and God might be nodding at this point. But, um, and I, and I want to get to the place where I'm totally surrendered to him to pull back and to peel back whatever he says no longer has front seat, no longer has front row, no longer has priority in my life. I want to be so open and yielded to him that even if I've attached my identity to it, even if I've attached, you know, um, a sense of, 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 you know, personal purpose to it or whatever, if God taps me and says, Hey, that needs to go, or it needs to go on the back burner for the season that I am totally yielded and willing to do that without hesitation, because he knows where he's taking us. He knows what's best for us. And sometimes we do become preoccupied with things that really should not have that front row place in our lives. So whether it's another committee, whether it's another organization, whether it's another social function, whether it's another hobby, whatever that looks like, be prayerful about how you stack your plate. Go back to that virtuous woman's example in Proverbs 31. That woman was the ultimate mover and shaker in business and in her home and in her spiritual life. She had an amazing spiritual life with God, which is why her family ultimately praised and blessed her. And she was able to cover her family spiritually. She was a mover and a shaker in the business world. She traveled. She, she was a, um, an international mover and shaker. She kept her body up. She was fit. I mean, she was doing it all. All the things that we're endeavoring to do and to be, to be our best selves in every way, spirit, soul, and body. This woman did it. And I don't believe she did it at in one fell swoop, I believe it was progressive over her lifetime. And that's one of the things we can we can actually relish about finding the pause button. It doesn't all have to get done today. There is a tomorrow, God willing. And if God isn't willing, that means you'll be in his presence and all will be well still. It'll be better than well. Glory to God. I, I, I came across this um this quote a little while back. Well, actually, the original quote says, um, 
She believed that she could, so she did. And I've always loved that. And it, it's a sense of, um, you know, just reminder and encouragement that, you know, we can do all things through Christ, that we have what it takes. If, you know, if we believe in ourselves and, you know, we, we will ultimately be able to achieve those things that, you know, we set our minds to. And and yes, I do believe that. But I came across an alternate version a little while back um, that really resonated with me. And it said she believed she could. But she was tired. So she waited until tomorrow. What about that? And I shared that on social media and it resonated with a lot of other people I, uh, based on the responses to the post. So I know that there are a lot of us out here who, yeah, we have the grand visions of all the things we want to do and be. But, but hear this, my brother and my sister, you don't have to do it all today. You don't even have to do it all by next week. If next week comes and goes and it hasn't all gotten done, you have a lifetime. That's why we have a lifetime to live out and fulfill the will of God for our lives and the things that he puts in our hearts, things that bring us joy, things that we we have a passion for, things that are directly um, on point with the purpose of God for our lives. Yes, it's important to be diligent and disciplined and focused, but you'll find that typically you're going to be more productive and more able to focus and more able to actually um, get things done when you actually do take those restorative breaks. You take those times to pause. You embrace the pause. So, you know, that could look like a myriad of things. And I'll just say this one other thing before I get into some examples about what that could look like. But I, I remember, and this is why I know this is so important to God, because he gave me this personal lesson slash chastisement years and years ago. I had fast forwarded through school. I was done with college. I was done with law school. I was working full time. Um, and I remember one morning I was up, you know, in the bathroom getting ready for work that day. And every day in my mind, this was my constant mantra in my mind. And I don't think that I ever really said it out loud. I could have muttered it here and there, but it was a constant thought in my mind, which was, I need to hurry up. I need to hurry up. Oh my goodness. It's 7.15. I've got to get out of here. It's going to take me X amount of time to get to work. I need to hurry up. Oh I've got to do X, Y, Z. I need to hurry up. And it was this constant, I need to hurry up. I need to hurry up. And one morning I was standing in the mirror getting ready for work. And there I was again. I need to hurry up. And the Lord said, stop it. You don't need to hurry up. You don't need to hurry up. And I listened. And when I say the Lord spoke to me, I don't mean I heard an audible voice inside in my heart, in my, you know, in my inner man, I heard the Lord speaking to me and recognized that he was challenging me to stop it and to, and to put that way of thinking aside and to put that kind of mode of operation, that MO aside, because that was kind of my refrain. It was kind of like my little personal um, song and dance that I was giving myself. And God interrupted that. He interrupted that negative, wrong way of thinking and being and said, no, you don't. And I never forgotten it. And so anytime I get tempted and I, and I might start down that, you know, saying to myself, I need to hurry up. I'll say, oh wait, no, I don't. I don't need to hurry up. I don't need to hurry up. 
Now, what are some other things that I might need to do? I may not need to hurry up, but maybe I need to go to bed earlier at night so that I can get up in a timely manner the next morning so that I'm not rushed. Or maybe I need to say no to more things so that I do have the time I need for me. And I'm not rushing from this to that to the other frazzled, harried, worn out. You know, maybe I need to exercise the power of no more. So it doesn't mean that there isn't something that needs to be done, but the answer is not to hurry up. The answer is not to just be busier. The answer is not just to go faster. No, 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 no. In fact, almost in every instance, it's going to be the opposite. And that's why the Lord said to me that morning, no, you don't need to hurry up. So I'm telling you, no, you don't need to hurry up. No, the answer is not to be busier, to do more, uh, to pile your plate up so high that you can barely see over it. Um, God gives us grace for whatever it is he's called us to do. And some of us are called to do presidential level things. Some of us are called to do, you know, state and local level things. Some of us are called to do regional things. And I'm giving those as examples. Whatever you're called to do is significant and it's important because ultimately what matters to God is obedience, no matter what he's called you to do. So there is no judgment from that perspective, but I'm just giving examples that if he calls you to a presidential project, he's going to give you presidential grace. So whatever he calls us to do, he gives us grace. I like to say it like this. He gives us grace for our race. My race is my race is my race. Your race is your race is your race. So he's going to give you grace for your race, not mine, which is why it's dangerous to put our eyes on what other people are doing. Just like he rebuked Peter and said, don't worry about what I'm telling John to do. That is really none of your concern, Peter. Right now I'm talking about you. And will you feed my sheep? Let's stay focused. So that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to stay focused on our race because that's where his grace is for us. And then beyond that, he gives us grace for each day. He says, I give you daily bread, meaning again, you shouldn't be trying to live out the next five years in one week. Take a step back, breathe, relax, Heck, go take a nap. <laughs> you know, I literally heard just this morning, just this morning, I heard a report on TV about the wonders of taking naps. Now, let me tell you, nobody has to convince me that naps are everything. I have always been an ardent believer in sleep, <laughs> the power of sleep. And definitely, um, when you can get it, naps. And so this particular study, um, I don't know if it's conclusive, you know, with all the different stats and so forth, but to me, it's common sense. But now the science and the medicine is, is, you know, kind of endorsing it. But they were actually attributing um, just taking a nap twice a week, just twice a week, taking a nap with a significant reduction in the risk of heart disease. So basically, people who napped at least twice a week had significantly lower risk of getting heart disease. So if that's not enough reason for you to take naps, and if that doesn't make you 
pay attention and say, wait, there's something to this pause. There's something to, you know, this balance that the Bible talks about and teaches us about and, and the examples it gives us from that virtuous woman of God to, you know, um, Jesus himself who took times away to just be by himself. He was always being clamored by the crowds and by those who needed him and wanted his ministry. And you can understand why they did. I mean, he was God. Um, and he, he changed everyone's life. He was the ultimate world changer. But even Jesus knew as a man in this earth that he had to have times away with the father when he needed to build himself back up after his cousin John was assassinated. He went away. He knew that that was essential. He knew that before he could really give himself to the people, he had to be built up by the father. And so he would regularly take those quiet, still moments away before he launched into the, the, the grind of the day, so to speak. And if Jesus needed that, how much more do we need that? How much more do we need those pauses, those times of refueling, those times of rest and restoration and, and refreshing of laughter, um, you know, of nothing on our minds, but, you know, what we're dreaming about. And so I want to jump into now, I want to transition a little bit in these last few moments into some of the benefits of embracing the pause and finding that pause button in our lives uh, because they're numerous. And this by no means is intended to be an exhaustive list. These are just some of the things that started to really come to mind as I was preparing for, for the um, episode today and started taking notes and just thinking through some of the things I wanted to share with you. And so um, you can write these down or obviously you can always just come back and re-listen to the podcast, which I encourage. Um, but some of the benefits that occur when we embrace the pause, when we slow down, when we breathe, when we actually prioritize, when we, you know, recognize that we are not meant to be that energizer bunny that never stops, um, is that we can actually, one of, one of the greatest things that we can do is we can actually enjoy our present for the gift that it is. And I love the fact that God calls today the present, that he calls now the present. Because you know what that means? It means it's a gift. The fact that you are here alive, living in this moment is a gift. So are you going to let that gift go to waste by totally zoning out and, and not even being fully cognizant of what's occurring? You're not even in the moment. You're not physically, mentally, spiritually present for this moment, you're blowing it. You're missing it. You're foregoing it. You're forfeiting it. And God has given it to us as a gift. So he wants us to be present. You know, people have, have learned, I, I know in corporate America, especially with so much of the workforce and, and, and not so much, but not enough, I should say, but you know, a lot of the workforce being able to do business and work virtually and, and really still get, you know, have so much productivity. It's become, um, you know, a model for a lot of companies. And I have been personally blessed to have the benefit of working uh, virtually for, you know, almost 15 years now. And so you learn how to be adept at, you know, getting things done. But there's also this temptation when you are, quote unquote, remote that 
for instance, if you're on a conference call and you're not contributing and you're just a participant in a listening mode, that you can zone out. You could be paying off, you know, writing your bills out. You could be, um, you know, planning out what you're going to have for dinner. And meanwhile, this, this meeting is occurring, this workshop is occurring, whatever it is, and you're not fully present. So you're not really getting everything that you're supposed to be getting that your company is intending for you to get and paying you to get. And, you know, if they have a replay, oh my God, I'll just listen to the replay. And it trains us just like that example I gave at the beginning with the remote and being able to rewind and go back and and watch again. It trains us not to be present. It trains us to forego what's happening in the now and to actually forfeit that for, you know, a future catch up, so to speak. No, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to pay for the same real estate twice. If I'm supposed to get it now, I want to get it now. And, and believe you me, I'm preaching to me as much as I'm, I'm speaking to you. I have been as guilty of that at times as anybody. And that's why I'm giving you what God has given me and the awareness that I have personally and I'm cultivating to not let that be the case because that's really not the good life. So enjoying our present for the gift it is, is one of the benefits that we get when we embrace the pause. Another benefit is clarity of mind and greater focus. You know, how distracting is it and how, you know, um, disruptive is it to our thinking and to our ability to focus in, you know, when we're constantly on the go, there's just no room to breathe. There's no room to take in a new thought or to sit with something that you just, you know, that you've, that you've taken in. There's no room for that. There's no time to process if we're constantly going, 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 going. So embracing the pause means giving our minds the opportunity and giving our spirits the opportunity to actually ingest, meditate, sit with, be with, those things that we should be giving our focus and our attention to, whether that's another individual, a loved one, a friend, a coworker, ourselves, or whether that's an idea or a thought or um, a concept or a plan, whatever that looks like, clarity of mind and greater focus will be there when we actually embrace the pause. Embracing the pause gives us stress relief or better still, stress avoidance. You know, we just talked about the benefits of resting more by way of napping. And I'm a big believer in, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I would much rather be on the preventative side of things in life than the remedial side of things in life. Let me, let me take the, the light road of, okay, I heard you. I got it. Thank you. Don't have to feel it, experience it, live it, hurt from it to get it. So the fact that we can actually eliminate stress from our lives rather than manage stress is a better way to live. And granted, you may not be able to totally eliminate, you know, some inklings of stress, but if you are talking with the Holy Spirit and asking him to help you, I believe he is well able to show us how to eliminate 
all together, those things that trigger stress or to retool our routines and those things in our lives that can really take that stress level down to where it's almost non-existent. That's possible. That's how we're supposed to be living as children of the light. That's the testimony we're supposed to be giving to the world. We don't do it like the world does it. Remember that. Remember that we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to stand out. If everything the world is experiencing and going through all the beat down and, and the whippings that they get from the world and from their father, Satan, we're doing and, and living the exact same thing in the exact same way, then we have to question what we're really doing. And if we believe as we say we believe, we're supposed to always be well above. I don't even want to say a cut above. We're supposed to be well above what the person walking around in this world who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is doing. And that doesn't always mean materially, because we know many wicked people who prosper. We won't call any names, um, maybe from a material financial perspective, but that doesn't mean they're in the will of God. And I bet you, if you pull back just one layer in their lives, you'll see a lot of other broken areas. But it means holistically our lives are supposed to reflect the excellence of God, the peace of God, the rest of God, the joy of the Lord, the strength of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God. And yes, that's going to hit your pockets inevitably. You can't leave your pockets and your financial well-being out because Jesus talked more about money than he did about, than he did about heaven. So... All of that is a benefit and all of that should be a part of our testimony to the world. Not that we don't go through things, not that we don't go through the same things. Jesus said, you're going to be in the world, but you're not of the world. So yes, things will come at us. The Bible already warned us about that. But God has given us ways out. He's given us the advantage over them. And that's where the testimony comes in. Glory be to God. Another benefit <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of tea. Another benefit of embracing the pause we talked about already is balanced living. It also allows us to get in tune with what ministers joy and fulfillment to you. Have you ever just stopped and thought about, wow, I really love comedy movies. I really love just laughing and watching these funny movies or wow, I really love taking just long walks. It energizes me. It gives me a solitude. It allows me to talk to the Lord, whatever that looks like. Well, I really love dancing. I love to dance. And sometimes we get so caught up in adulting that we forget. We forget how to have that childlike faith and wonder about life and how to actually tap into those things that minister joy to us. If you love, you know, to read or to sew or to scrapbook or to travel or to cook or, um, you know, to do the arts in some capacity, whatever that looks like. Are you making room for that in your life right now? Are you pausing to embrace that? You know, Pausing doesn't just equal going to the spa or having a spa day. Yes, I'm all for the spa day. Yes, amen. <laughs> but it can go deeper than that. And I'm just giving you some things to think about that you can start to really kind of say, okay, I see areas where I can actually embrace the pause and I can find this pause button in my life. 
It allows us to, and it benefits us in the way that it turns on or up our imagination. If you feel like you already are taking time to daydream and to indulge your imagination, your wildest imagination even, um, or if you're not even doing that, you haven't done that in forever, if ever, pausing allows that. It makes room for that. You got to turn on your dream machine. If you want to experience your wildest dreams, you got to dream them first. So get back to daydreaming, get back to night dreaming, get back to taking time, whether it's in the shower, whether it's um, on your drive home from work or to work or, you know, at the grocery store, um, whatever that looks like, just starting to tap into those moments And I'm talking about these can just be small moments. It doesn't have to be something grand where you're carving out an hour or two or three hours every day or every week even. Um, Although every week I don't think is is impossible and hopefully you're doing that. But it can be small moments every day at different junctures of your day. Maybe you can have a ritual right before you go to bed. You read a chapter or two out of a book that you enjoy or you have a prayer you know, you have some prayer time or you call a friend, you know, or whatever that looks like, you know, connecting with other people. Yeah, that's going to be possible when you're actually embracing the pause and in being intentional about living. Um, it gives us creative outlets, you know, that that goes back to kind of what I was saying a moment ago, even about clarity and focus and um just being able to think more clearly and to process more clearly, that's going to open up that creative flow. Because when you're already bogged down with what's next and what's next after next and what's next after next after next, you are not giving yourself any room to be creative, to be spontaneous, to flow in the moment, to enjoy the present. You know, I was listening to this um, video that this lady was doing the other day Um, She was talking about her career and her life a day, kind of a day in the life as an entrepreneur. And she was um, just sharing some of her ups and downs and what that's like. And she actually admitted during the video, she, she started to apologize. And she said, you know, I know that I may look like I'm a bit scattered here. um, And, um, you know, whatever, whatever. But it's because I'm really, while I'm speaking, I'm not really just focus in on what I'm saying. I'm thinking about all these other things because I have all these other things I have to juggle. And while some may applaud that and say, yeah, girl, that's right. You know, you're doing, you're, you're just doing your, you know, that's the boss. That's the boss. No, I don't agree with that. I think if your intention is to, is to do the video, then you need to be focused on doing the video because you're shortchanging yourself and your audience and you're probably not going to get the results you want because do you really want to come across as scattered while you're doing the video on this major professional platform that you're encouraging people to pay attention to? Is that the image you really want to give? And it's not necessarily always about image. And I think her intention was to be that, give that authentic insight. And and I was flowing with her, but I, I really did because all these things are kind of fresh in my heart. I really did want to almost, you know, tap her and say, honey, that's, that's not the best. That's not the ideal. Let's say that. Um, and there's no judgment because we, we, we all have areas to grow in this. We all have areas to improve and allow the Holy spirit to help us and to show us things that can make our lives better, that can encourage us to tap into more of 
the rest that Jesus has made available to us and we can embrace the pause more. So that wasn't a cast of stone, but it was, it was notable to me. And she, of her own admission, you know, said it. And so how many of us are sometimes in that, you know, five, five, 10, you know, yards ahead or, you know, light years ahead and what we're thinking and, and contemplating while we're actually having a conversation with someone, while we're actually on that conference call or, you know, catching up with a family member or friend, we're not fully giving them ourselves. It doesn't just always mean you have the phone in your face. It could just be your mind is all over the place. So again, just ways to benefit from the pause and your creativity will benefit being a greater blessing to others. You know, I am, I am a strong believer that we are a blessing on purpose. I don't believe in very many accidental blessings. I, you know, I believe that when Jesus blessed people, he was intentional about blessing them. When that good Samaritan blessed that man who had been overlooked by two other, you know, religious people before he came and helped him, he was intentional about crossing the road in helping this person. So when we actually pause, we make room for the Holy Spirit to show us things, show us needs, show us ways we can help others and be a greater blessing to others. I know myself, I've run in and out of the grocery store many times and I've always thought to myself, oh my goodness, I hope I don't, nobody asked me for anything or not ask me for anything, but I hope I don't have to slow down because I don't have time. Again, that, that whole hurry up, I gotta hurry up, I gotta hurry up. And that's a selfish way to live. If you're so inundated with you, 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 what you got to do, where you got to go, what you got, where you got to be, and you're not making room ever for a divine interruption. Jesus always had time for people. Have you ever noticed that? I, I never read one time where he said, oops, sorry, on the way to the synagogue, don't have time today. Love you. Never read it. And he took his time. Not only did he never brush other people off and not have time, but he took his time when he even was helping people. That means that I might be on the way to help you and help raise your daughter from the dead. But if this woman gets my attention over here, if she touches the hem of my garment, I'm going to pause and I'm going to go with that for a moment. So you can't even be in a rush when you're flowing with Jesus because that's not how he rolls. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, a few more and we'll wrap it up for this time. Uh, rest and rejuvenation and renewed energy come. We've talked about that. Greater spiritual awareness and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. A busy spirit, a crowded spirit. It's not a spirit where you can hear God. Not clearly, not regularly. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Stillness. Pausing. It didn't say stop altogether. Never to start again. Now God may say that about some things in your life and you need to be open to that as we talked about. But he just said, pause, be still. You know, you have children, they're jumping all around and bouncing off the walls and and you say what wait wait can you guys be still for a moment just just be still 
It doesn't mean you never want them to play again. You never want them to have the fun of being a child again. But it means in that moment, you need for them to pause. They need to find the pause button. Glory to God. And then overall well-being. There's just overall well-being in your relationships, in your relationship with yourself, in your mental capacity, in your spiritual capacity, in your physical capacity. It touches every area of our lives. When we prioritize and embrace, meaning we make it a priority, we see it as valuable, we see it as necessary to pause. So I pray that this message will start to encourage and motivate maybe some new and improved and enhanced ways of embracing the pause in adding to your well-being. I thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to stay connected with me at our website, dawnrichards.org, on social media, on Instagram, at Dawn Richards Men, Twitter, Dawn Richards Men, and Facebook, Dawn Richards Ministries. I ask you, as always, to be liberal in sharing the podcast, rating it, reviewing it, subscribing, following encouraging others to tune in, tagging me online with good takeaways that you might have gotten. Um, And until next time, I bless you and pray that you know more and more of the good life. In Jesus' name.